following has been pre-recorded for your listening and dancing pleasure. This Doug and Daddy podcast brought to you by Cunningham's Journal. Cunningham's Journal, the only bar you need to know in Carney. The hundreds of just a like on Facebook or a comment or my phone's been blowing up, which is great. I appreciate it all. And I'm going to Minden to see some great basketball. That's because you're Doug Duda. This is Central Nebraska's most listened to all sports radio station. I'm getting the tuna sandwich with lots of lettuce on it today. (laughs) You like the tuna sandwich. Oh, yeah. I'll never have to fight you for that. Nope, that'll be mine. I will never have to fight you. That's my favorite. That's That's my go-to sandwich. Your flavor is? Yes. All of them? Yes. A little spicier, the better. Because if I'm going to bite into something, I want it to kick back. So, you know, mild, eh, medium, eh, hot, yes. Yeah. As much as I hate to get away from the award-winning last five minutes that we go. Yeah. on this yeah. show, you're listening to ESPN Tri-Cities, 1460 and 1550 AM, and now 92.1 and 92.7 FM. You know, when you have this many papers, Jimmy, I don't know what happens to them. I don't know where they go. They just mysteriously disappear. But all these piles here went down. And not far enough. I'm going to do some cleaning on my side because I've got dates here that say uh, Texas San Antonio football. Now, coming to you live from the Midway Auto Dealership Broadcast booth. Need a vehicle? Think Midway.com. Yeah, I try to do toasters. Sometimes I just don't have time to put in the toaster. Been a lively little show so far. Um, certainly been worth everything I paid to listen to it. It's time for the Doug and Daddy Show. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Doug and Daddy Show here on ESPN Tri-Cities. Doug Duda, Jim Langan with you on this Martin Luther King Day. No parade today, though. A little cold out there for any parades. But uh, many of us working, some have the extended holiday weekend. We're glad to have you along with us. We're going to have a double dose of NFL playoff football because the... uh, NFL did postpone the Buffalo Bills game. It looked a little wild up there uh, over the weekend, and they're going to play that this afternoon at 3.30, and then Tampa Bay will take on the Eagles, and that is at 7.15. So we will have a double dip for you, four games down. Already kind of the times and sites for next weekend have been announced. We'll get to that as well. The uh, Hastings College basketball teams didn't play this weekend. Their Saturday games were postponed up at Briarcliff. They're going to make them up on the 28th. The Hastings women are on a four-game winning streak. They'll take on nationally ranked Cordia as part of a men's and women's doubleheader Wednesday at Hastings College. We'll have it for you on KHAS Radio. Coach Gina Douglas going to join us on the program as well. But Nebraska lost in men's and women's basketball and in wrestling. UNK lost both of their games, men and women, while they were on the road over the weekend. The Storm lost in a shootout, so it wasn't uh, overly great. Creighton men and women did pick up wins in their basketball games this weekend. Yeah, I watched the. I got to see the Creighton game. Um, I kind of listened to the Husker game against Iowa and on and off, and then they got behind early, and that's an ant. Here we go get another home team of the Big Ten wins. But the Creighton game, uh, I actually thought St. John's really did a pretty good job of competing at Omaha, um, gave them gave them a chance to win, and, and uh, maybe. Um, with about a half a second to go, maybe got a good no call. I think that's a good time for a no call in a basketball game on a put back. Explain like that. to people, okay, because this was something we were taught in college about when you are in the air on a put back, the difference between a tip and a shot, and there might be a different designation or definition in there. There's about two or three different things that you're looking at at that point. Right, yeah. If you have a tip, you can score, um, you know, on an inbound play with less than three tenths of a second, as long as you don't grab the ball and shoot it with your arm. You have to do a tap, of course, at that time is what they call it. But it, it can be under three tenths. But um, at that situation, since the ball's live, um, you're just looking to see what's going on. But you're going to call a foul on the very first shooter. On, on any time there's less than two seconds to go, and there's a big, a lot of people are going after a rebound to end the game. It's kind of like the um, the Hail Mary in football. You know, you got a lot of stuff going on in the end zone out there. You're probably not going to call a pass interference um, in the end zone on a Hail Mary on the last play of the game. Well, you're not going to do that on a putback. You're gonna kinda, it's got to be a really bad foul 
<clears throat> for you to go ahead and, and blow your whistle on that. So I thought the officials did a good job by passing on that. Um, you got to get the first one. The guy goes in, that first shot, they ran that play. That's the play they ran. You got to get the first one. But on rebounds, and pe- there's going to be some contact because people are going for a loose ball. But is it always <clears throat> necessarily a foul on a tip? That could be. I mean, because sometimes they don't consider that a shot. You're just kind of trying to keep it in play or slap it around. And uh, just because it goes towards the rim doesn't necessarily mean it's a shot. Am I right on that or am uh, I wrong not, on that? No, not really. I mean, I mean, I would say, I would say to some extent, but not totally. If a guy's got a, a good look at a tap and somebody goes in there and hits him, you're going to call a foul. And they're going to get two free throws because they are shooting the ball. It's a tap and they need to be rewarded. For two free throws. But, again, a tap at um, 12 feet away from the basket is a little different than a tap at a foot away from the basket, too. Right. 888-455-ESPN. That is the Billy Jack's fan line. Extremely fast pizza subs and salads at Billy Jack's Pizza in Kearney. It's the best pizza around. 888-455-3776. That's how you get a hold of us. You can also tweet us at ESPN underscore Tri-Cities. You can Facebook us, and you can email the Dead Popper inbox, Doug and Daddy, at ESPNSuperstation.com. We're going to get into sports, but it is something that came up, and it's kind of funny. We got it sent to us Friday during the show, and then later ESPN National kind of picked up on it. And we'd love to hear from you, the listeners, today, because it is fairly quiet uh, in the world of sports, and we're going to get to some of the headlines outside of the NFL playoffs and a couple college coaching changes and things like that and where Chubba Purdy's playing football next. But what is the coldest sporting event you've ever been to or participated in? Yeah, good question. What is the coldest sporting event? We'd love to hear from you. 888-455-ESPN. It could be a high school event, a college event, a pro event. Uh, You know, hunting probably is not what we're looking for here because that's on your own type of deal. But if you would like to uh, be with us, shoot us a tweet at ESPN underscore Tri-Cities and uh, Facebook us. As we said, email the Dead Popper inbox, Doug and Daddy at ESPNSuperstation.com. And I was trying to think Friday when that was sent in to me. Do you have it right off the top of your head, Jimmy? Sutherland, Cambridge. Tim Higgins, if you're listening right now from Grand Island, call in immediately to this show because you tell the story better than I do. But yeah, Cambridge versus Sutherland playoff football game at Sutherland where Sutherland beat Cambridge and stopped like a 54-game winning streak, and it was absolutely freezing. I remember Paul Baranek, he was our back judge, and was hiding underneath the goalpost and using it for a shield, you know, in between plays. It was that cold. Yeah. I was trying to think exactly what it is. I know that, I mean, you're looking at football. Obviously, right? What else would there be? Baseball can be extremely well, we, cold. We play in March because you're out there so long. In football, you got at least a halftime you can look forward to. My God, if we can get through halftime, we can get in a shed, maybe with a space, some heater, in for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and get out of there for a second. In baseball, my God, you get, you got to be kidding me. Throw strikes, get outs, let's go, guys. And they're all running to the dugout, and guess where the umpires are going? to the man? No, to the field. We don't get to leave. I mean, you know, when you get to your dugout, you can go in there and kind of warm up for a little bit and then come back out and play if you got some kind of a heating thing there. But uh. When we started, well, we always played, I don't even remember what we called if we called it the Memorial Open or whatever, but we in, in Ord played all weekend. Saturday, Sunday, I think Monday, maybe some Friday type stuff. There was a lot of teams that played in that. I remember standing out there at second base and it was snowing. I remember that. Right. It was definitely under 40 degrees. It was a freak thing. It's like a lake effect snow, only I know we weren't on the lake. Although Abel's Pond is right pretty close over there. Uh, we, But it was like 36, and of course we were the host team, so we're like playing the last game of the day, and it's 9.30. You know how those tournaments yeah, run, Jimmy. Yeah. They never stay on time because you're trying to jam. This was way before the time, the, the time limit rule and all that that got put into it. And I, I do remember staying in that. But the coldest, man, two things come to my mind immediately. One before I moved here and one after I moved here. One of them, and they're both playoff games, was North Loop Scotia, and I think they were playing, God, I want to say Farnham, but I could be wrong on this because I don't know that Farnham ever was playing eight-man football. I can't remember exactly. Maybe I should check here on the NSAA website and see if I can remember this. But it was so cold, Jimmy, that we 
my buddies pulled up an RV for us to do the ball game in. I mean, it was one of those itty-bitty, you, you were never really in the press box when it was nice. So uh, they kind of set up the scaffolding on the side, but we were setting in an RV. So, yeah, doing the game, but I remember having to adjust the old bag phone, cell phone, and reaching out, and it was trying to do it real quick, so I didn't throw the gloves on, and I grabbed that ladder on the back of the RV, and if I hadn't jerked the hand off of that ladder within a quarter of a second, we'd have been in some real trouble. Because I went, oh, you shouldn't have <laughs> yeah, done that in a hurry and, and went over there and done that. But that, that, and you couldn't see the yard lines on the field. You know how at least you try to shovel them out or chisel them out or you, all oh, of those yeah, things exactly. so that you at least can see them. You really couldn't. It was that frozen of a field. It was that cold. It was that icy out there, I guess you would say, in that yeah. game. On November 2nd, when you're, I think it was 2002 or 2003, when Coleman was the quarterback and he broke the passing record, we played in 11 inches of snow. But did it, you, were you roughing that? Yeah. Or did you just go yeah, to Yeah, refereed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and that, they, made, that made sports center. Yeah, they had, no, um, they had no lines on the field, so we couldn't measure. We had the chains there, but yeah. we just had to estimate what it was going to be. You couldn't bring them in and have a measurement. And as uh, you just looked over there and said, hey, it's a first down. Uh, I think they played Western Colorado. So Western Colorado did get a couple of the first downs uh, maybe that weren't there because uh, Doug Martin was the official and said, hey, we're not going to penalize the visiting team for this. But, um, yeah, that uh, Doug, I'll tell this story. Adele Schmidt, the Wood River golf coach who won about five state golf championships, and myself, we had a duel on March 16th, and neither one of us would call it off. So we drove the van over there and uh, <laughs> played nine holes of golf, and it got worse and worse and worse. And uh, Dell and I stayed in the clubhouse and just kind of observed from the, uh, the much as we could. But Derek Apfel and Greg Fidelke were in a foursome, and set it up with everybody and said, hey, you guys, we we're just writing down pars for these three holes. Just write them down. They can't see us from the clubhouse and set it up. It that sounds way. like something yeah, they might do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they came, yeah, they shot like 38, 39, was like great scores. But uh, that was uh, Derek Alvin, Greg Fidelke took over. We got done in about an hour and 10 minutes, you know, playing nine holes of golf. They got in and out of there. We knew something was up, but yeah, we didn't care. It wasn't that big of a deal, but we, uh, something we probably should have called off before. Most things that you you're really, really cold. Probably should not have been played. They probably should have called it off or moved the game time up. You know, when you really get into that. But I think all of these stories for me come from 2000s football playoffs, uh, and this involved Kennesaw playing Pleasanton, and then the next week we had state volleyball, and it was actually nice. And then we had the blizzard. Kennesaw played Lawrence Nelson. Amherst and Cambridge, among other games, got postponed. These were the state semifinals. Okay. This was the day of the Eric Crouch no-call face mask at Kansas State. Okay. Um, Central City, I think, won state volleyball from SCOTUS after getting beat 15-0 in one of the sets, if I remember that right. Wow. It, it was incredible, incredible, incredible. But this was 2000, and I suppose most of the folks that were around then, Danny wasn't. Were you even born in 2000, Danny? Yeah, 1998. Okay. Oh, yeah, so he, Danny was, was two. Danny was just outside the crib having some fun out there. He was trying to stay warm. But it was the first time they have that open press box at Pleasanton. They actually, and it might have been Scotty Phillips, I don't know, but they took enough that they put the grooves in the <clears throat> wood and were able to slip some plexiglass in there. Just enough. And then, of course, the plexiglass fogs up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know oh, how that man, works. man, alive. And I... then we go down, and the sun is shining for whatever state championship game I did in 2000. And, again, I could pull all this up here, but it would take a little bit. And I think I had the first game, and then it's okay, get back on the road. Boom, I'm going down to Lawrence Nelson to do the Lawrence Nelson-Kennesaw football game. And by the time you got there, my buddy Corey Copsa down at Superior, he was there, and he had a long pregame, and he'd start it, and then he'd run back down to his car and just sit there and let the pregame run, and then he'd go back up, and I'm out on scaffolding, so I am outside. And by the end of the game, all the equipment, I left on a 
Wednesday or whatever for state volleyball, this wasn't in the forecast. So you didn't plan for it all. Right. Just had that nice layer of soft, fluffy snow. Didn't damage any of it. Did the best we could to get through it. It was a down-to-the-wire football game uh, between Kennesaw and Lawrence Nelson. But Lawrence Nelson was in that run there of winning or at least going to deep in the playoffs for a number of years. And they, they won that game over uh, Kennesaw that afternoon. It was Something like, God, was it a 4 o'clock type of kickoff? So it was just light enough. I just remember, I'm in a car. Sure. And I about get high-centered in Minden coming home. Right. And, and get home and watch that volleyball matchup, and it's just a disaster. It's just a disaster. And then Amherst-Cambridge postponed, and I think we played on a Monday. They had to turn around and play on a Thursday. Amherst won that, uh, and we were, at the time, underneath the press box the crow's nest that they had there at Amherst. And I would probably say that was the coldest game I'd ever done. Right. And, you know, when, when you have jobs, um, farmers really do a pretty good job. They have to go out in the cold. they got to be with cattle. So they have that correct equipment. When you're a physical education teacher uh, at, at a young age, you don't even hardly have a pair of gloves. So I, as I got older, I got a little wiser on what kind of clothes I needed to wear. But as I went on, people used to give me stuff. You know, going, oh, hey, here you go. Hey, you need this. You're going to, here, I brought this for you because I know you weren't going to even have it, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, you do a lot. Officials outreach program. Yeah, I do not do a lot of ice fishing. Let's just go. I mean, that's something I'd never, you know, I drive by the interstate today. You get on the interstate today and you look over and you're going to see one guy is going to have that big tent out there and he's ice fishing. I'm thinking, I don't, I mean, I'm going to go to Hy-Vee or someplace and buy my fish. I'm not going to go, I don't need a fish that bad that I'm going to go out there and see if I can catch one. If you got a story, share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. 888-455-ESPN, 888-455-3776. You can email the Dent Popper inbox. You can uh, tweet us, Facebook us, whatever the case is. Coldest sporting event you have ever been at or participated in, we would love to hear from you. And to warm up on a day like this, the Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill is the place to be. You can enjoy some of their potato skins, like a brisket style or popper style skins, jalapeno popper filled potatoes smothered with cheddar, jack, blend, and served with ranch every Monday. Steak sandwich is the special. Every Monday night, the uh, special is boneless wings. And how about this? The special special this week, and again, these are always there for you until... Uh, supplies run out. Pot roast, hot beef. A little extra yummy hot beef sandwiches while supplies last. The pot roast, hot beef at your Carney Chicken Coop, where, of course, you can enjoy burgers, pizza, and your favorite chicken wings. We'll be back with more in a moment. The year was 1979. Rocky Balboa was champ. Rocky Geyser was embarking on a real estate career. Balboa's next fight was Clubber Lane. Rocky Geyser's was 20% interest rates. Through all of his battles, inflation, recession, regulations, Rocky Geyser has always answered the bell. For 40 years, I've been in the ring with my clients sweating the details. Call Rocky Geyser of REMAX Executives today or log on to OneRocky.com. Put Rocky in your corner. When the passing of a family member occurs, too often loved ones have too little information on planning the funeral. Horner, Liskey, McBride, and Kuehl developed their website to provide both information and comfort, etiquette, and common sense. Visit hlmkfuneral.com. The more you know, the better they can provide additional comfort and guidance during life's most trying time. Horner, Liskey, McBride, and Kuehl Funeral and Cremation, providing steady, comforting service as they have for nearly 100 years. Today's weather is brought to you by Farm Bureau agents Matt Myers and Rich Peters. When it comes to protecting your family, home, cars, and farmer ranch, you can count on your local agents to help you get the coverage you need. Contact Matt Myers and Rich Peters in Kearney today. Securities and services offered through FBO Marketing Services, LLC, affiliate Farm Bureau Financial Services. It's been years since you graduated, but your college team is yours for life. You can also have a Farm Bureau agent for life, and auto, and home, and business insurance. Imagine that. One agent for everything. It's that simple. So get a Farm Bureau agent for life. In Kearney, call Rich Peters and Matt Myers at Farm Bureau Financial Services, 308-234-4922. Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company. Securities and services offered through FBL Marketing Services, LLC, affiliate Farm Bureau Financial Services. But I'm going to Jackson. I'm going to make- 
Back at Daddy's show here on ESPN Tri-Cities, and it's time to take a look at our poll question. We asked you last week, do you think Gerard Mayo is a good choice as a successor for Bill Belichick? 57% of you said yes. I suppose Grant was, uh, former producer Grant was weighing in from up in Minnesota because that's his team. I, of course, said no, but I don't know who would be the best replacement for Bill Belichick. I mean, what do you do there? I mean, I think Mayo's being put in a no-win situation. Uh, today, with the Chiefs games dropping temperatures in the negative, and the Bills shoveling massive amount of snow in the stadium. Should the NFL consider postponing games for players and fans alike for better playing conditions or just let the show go on? Well, of course, they did postpone the Bills game from yesterday to today. And it's, again, the world we live in. Jimmy, you are playing outside. It has to be crazy. And that's the only reason they postponed the Bills game. You got to... <laughs> You got to play next weekend. The Super Bowl is this day. All the hotels are booked. The traveling, it is more than just playing the game. So you got to be safe. But when you play when it's a kickoff of seven below, you play when it's a kickoff of seven below. They're doing everything they can for the teams. And I don't know what they're doing necessarily for the fans. That's up to the probably the, the city and the, and the folks in charge. But you don't have to go to the game. No, uh, that's exactly right. You know, um, Buffalo was, I saw in a clipping, anybody in Buffalo that brings their snow shovel out, they're giving them $20 an hour if they want to help clear the stadium. Mm -hmm. I I saw that. Uh, When Nebraska played Oklahoma in Kansas City one time for the Big 12 championship, I could have been the Big 8, but I think it was the Big Big 12 at that time, they did not clear the snow, and a lot of people were very upset because when they got to the stadium, they had like a foot of snow what where their feet were supposed to be mm-hmm. you know they took care of the seat but not the snow where your feet are at no one had removed that uh, but at that cambridge game i was talking about was in 95 cambridge won the 92 93 94 state championships and had won it and had that long winning streak they had not lost a football game in 92 93 or 94 and lost the first round playoff game to Sutherland that year. Um, because of the officiating. No, but they want <laughs> that, maybe the weather. But, you know, they got beat 24 to 12, and they would have not been a, they would have not have been the home team. So they must they must have lost a game that year or two. You know what I mean? I don't know. Or if it just got to the point where that was the year 95 where you played the closest team that made the playoffs. Do you remember there was a time when uh, they had a deal where you got, Everybody you got, got the tee-offs. There you go. And then whoever the closest team was, you could both be 11 and now you still had to play each other. Adam Central would have to play St. Cecilia a lot, and Scotus had to play Lakeview. They just made you play the closest team that also got in. Yeah. Don't don't forget to vote on our Doug and Daddy poll question. Uh, consider postponing. Let the show go on. Vote anytime on Twitter at ESPN underscore Tri-Cities at ESPN underscore Tri-Cities. Well, the playoffs uh, over the weekend, uh, you know, say what you will. I mean, they weren't they weren't that good. Uh, last night's was good, although it got weird in the second half uh, between uh, the uh, Charger, or between the Rams and the uh, Detroit Lions. And Brett Maher made his three field goals last night. Uh, some people were saying, why didn't they let him try the 61-yarder that could have put him ahead because he is the 60-yard king? I don't know. Maybe he's not anymore. I'm sure a lot of that went on in pregames. you got to think about what you do there. But... Uh, Detroit only scored three points in the second half and won that football game. And it almost got interesting in Dallas. Dallas had a chance to cut it to 48-40. They would have had to recover an onside kick with about 30 seconds to go. But that could have been interesting. Yeah, but it, it was. wasn't. And Dallas played like crap. And everybody knows it. And Dak says he played terrible. And, again, you just sit here and go, I was watching a lot and listening a lot to some of the pregame Sunday morning. And they're right. There is never more pressure on anybody than the Dallas Cowboys because they aren't winning in the playoffs and then everybody talks about it and everybody brings it up and you got knuckleheads like Stephen A. Smith that all they do is root against the Cowboys and you get things like that and that's fine that's fine you pick your team you have fun with it we pick on I pick on NASCAR I mean it is what it is and so but then Dallas just goes out there and lays the biggest egg possible it's hard to believe you couldn't have written a script you could have said Green Bay is going to go in and Dallas is going to continue to stink but she'd have never said it was 27 nothing <laughs> my, my God, how bad can it be? Dak says, oh, let me show you. Here you go. Here's another interception. Well, that's what hurt them. They got down 7 nothing, and then they made some mistakes on offense. And by then, there wasn't enough game left. Um, he how about threw, cover Romeo Dobbs? Yeah, we threw. Well, he, uh, the defense did not step up either. Let's be honest about that. Oh, horrible. But Dallas threw for over 400 yards. 
Well, because oh, they threw every play. I to- I understand that. I, I, I and not only that, Green Bay is going to give them stuff in front of them. I mean, you know, they, the everybody adjusts to the score and yeah. the time and how much you have to do. But in the L.A. Ram Detroit Lion game, there was not a turnover by either team. Neither team turned the ball over. Um, I thought that ball. I thought that game was well played. I thought the Rams did everything they could to try to win the game. Uh, Detroit did everything they did. I thought it was well played and. Uh, Maybe, maybe, and I really, Green Bay, you can't take anything away from them. They got up seven to nothing. I took the kickoff, did some stuff, moved down the field, and then, hey, took advantage of every turnover they got. You know, they just took and got it. One time they got the ball, they were up seven nothing. They got the interception, they ran it in, they said, now you're down at the 19, and they get called for holding. So now they got to go all the way back to the 12. That's when Dallas needed to step it up. They, they did not step it up on the defensive side of the ball at that time. Everybody was so wide open. You know, sometimes you make good catches yeah. or you make a move. My God, they should have figured out how much distance there was between those Packers that caught the ball and the nearest defensive back and added it up. It would have been insane. There's no way any game in, like, maybe ever would have had as much total distance between the defense and the ball catcher, the receiver, as there was in that football game. And Dobbs was just crazy. And give credit to Love. I mean, I, I, we picked Green Bay to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, one of the reasons I said, well, they're not going to be as bad as you think. Jordan Love's pretty good. And he has gotten better and better and better as the season has went on. They won at Detroit. Youngest, Green Bay's good. Youngest Green- playoff team since 1977, though, Jimmy. You don't go on the road and win. You just don't. Yeah, usually you don't. But I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you look at you look at the Rams and how close they actually came to win. And you're right, there was a holding penalty in that uh, game late, which uh, Detroit took and moved and moved the Rams back ten yards, or they might have tried that sixty-two yard field goal. You know, I mean, so then it would have been fifty-two, and like you said, um, uh, Mahar would have tried anything probably inside fifty-nine. I. I I still think I would have tried it, Doug. I think at that time, but with the one timeout I had left, it's one or two things. I mean, I'm being sincere when I say this. Uh, I, my game management skills aren't bad. I've been around this game a lot. And I don't know what the hell the Rams are doing, punting the ball with only one timeout left. When you've got the ball there at the 40, you didn't enter the 45, whatever yard line it was at. Either go for it on fourth down and – Hope your defense holds them, or either try the long field goal. Yeah. Why do the? If you weren't going to do that, then don't kick the field goal when it was twenty-four to twenty to make it twenty-four twenty-three. Don't do that then. If you're not willing to try that long field goal then, then don't do that field goal then at the other time. I'm not going to second guess that field goal unless you're not willing to do some other stuff later on. Uh, the two timeouts though that were wasted changed what you needed to do. Uh, when you have one timeout left, they get one first down. The game's over. And that's what happened. I yeah. thought it was a poor game management by the Rams with having the chance to try a 61 or 62-yard field goal. Now, I want your opinion. I put mine out there. I don't like people going, well, no, he's the head coach. He's got to make the calls. Yeah, No, he made the decision to kick the field goal at 24-20. If he's going to make that decision, you got to go for it if you only got one timeout left. you agree with me a little bit? Yeah, because... The whole thing is to have better field position if you can get them three and out on on the punt. But in this day and age, who's going three and out? Who's not going forward on fourth down? All this analytics, and if you're looking at the sheet, what should we do? Well, forget that. <laughs> you know, make make what you think is the right choice. But even if he misses the field goal, though, what the hell difference does it make? I know you got it. The other team gets the ball at the forty. Right. I mean, I mean, so they're still going to have to punt. You guys still got to get a stop. You're you're thinking that. I mean, we all know what the yeah. thinking is. Yeah. I don't want to start at my five when I could start at midfield. Right, I got that. So I don't want to start at my five and and have a minute ten or midfield with thirty seconds. I it's yeah. I didn't. I like just it. want to go back to the Dallas game yesterday okay, because go ahead. there there's that, and then there's just stupidity on on penalties. Sometimes I wonder what the guy is thinking, offensively or defensively, that makes them commit a penalty. And I watch this, and it, maybe it doesn't change the game at all, but it's just the way you talked about Green Bay getting out 7 nothing, and everybody's saying, just Dallas, get through the first quarter. You're going to be okay. You get all that pressure off your shoulders. Be up 7 to nothing. Be up 6 to nothing. whatever the case is. Be up 10-3. to But no, what does Dallas do? They get a stop on the first play. 
They get a sack on the second play, which can bring up third and 13, except we have an idiot defensive back that absolutely tackles a wide totally, receiver totally. away from the play. Totally. Love's looking to the right. It happens over here to the left. That's not where the ball's going. And he just reaches out and tackles him. I mean, like, immediately. Like, immediately. So instead of third and 13, where you're off in one play, and again, who knows because of the way things went after that. Sure. But no, it's first and 10. Next thing you find, Dobbs over the middle for 20. You're at midfield, and here we go. And it does not stop from there. Yeah. And then and uh-huh. you had a touchdown later in the game where, again, I like Dak, but God, what's the deal? Quit being a wimp. Run the ball. He, he throws that little dink pass one yard ahead of him to Jake Ferguson. Then they call offensive pass interference because the tight end did chip a guy out. Jimmy, if he runs it in, it's not a penalty. Exactly. It's not a penalty. Ex- I saw that. You make that, a yeah. half-yard pass, yeah, I wonder and what he got to do, that then anyway. you kick a field goal. Yeah, I wonder what he did that and for. And then you miss the field. Yeah. It was or extra point or whatever well, the hell. Well, they could have dropped the pass, too. Was. Here's something, Doug. Here, here, here. Okay, then we got a lot of things we can talk about. <laughs> but if you are, uh, probably, there's a lot of kids probably not in school today yet. Uh, you know, so if, they're, if, you're li- if you're listening on the show, if you're a high school football player, there are some penalties that if they're throwing a pass at your receiver and you're trying to break it up and you get there a little early, that is a positive penalty that you were trying to do something positive to help your team win a football game. Or if your defensive lineman that you're blocking is an All-State player and he's got a couple sacks and you reach out and hope the ref doesn't call holding, you're trying to do something positive. Here's the penalties that kill you. You got first and goal at the two-yard line. And you get called for a false start, and and the play was going to the right, and you're the left end. The play's going to the right, and you're the left end. You don't even have to move on the play. Or you're the Dallas Cowboys standing straight up and down, and you just fall over, not even on a hard count, and get off sides, and it goes from third and seven to third and two, and then they run it in on the very next play. Yeah, those are the penalties. Or, hey, they're trying a uh, 59-yard field goal, and the longest the kid's ever kicked is 41 yards. But they're trying it. And you rough, you rough the kicker. Yeah, way to go. I mean, that's a good positive penalty. And or you know, there are just some penalties you need to do. I'll, I'll come and call out every NFL team on this though. When there's less than 15 seconds to go in the half, and they're fair catching these balls inside the 10, they're gaining no advantage. Just get away from the ball, and let it go into the end zone. You're going to take a knee the next play anyway. They've already decided they're taking a knee the next play. Don't catch a punt. If you're going to take a knee the next play. <laughs> you know, all you're doing is asking for trouble. All right, getting to some other uh, news and notes here. Former Nebraska quarterback Chubba Purdy has committed to San Jose State. Uh, again, just down the road from his brother in San Francisco, so maybe that'll help. Twelve games in four starts for Nebraska in two seasons. He was at Florida State for two seasons before that. Will our man Luke McNitt be going to Alabama? or excuse me, to Washington, because the coach from Washington goes to Alabama. Arizona coach Jed Fish is now the next coach at Washington. Luke McNitt was on his staff at Arizona, where two years ago they won one game, and this year they were a bowl champion. And great move, because again, now you're not moving from one Pac-12 team to another. You're moving from a Big 12 team to a Big 10 team. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, Pac-12 team, exactly right. A Pac-12 team to a, a Big Ten team where the money is absolutely going to be uh, tremendous. Uh, he, he made the move. It'd be nice if the Arizona coach can take a lot of his staff. I'm sure that there's some of the people they'd like to maybe retain because of the success they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have success, if you're moving into a program where you you like um, you got to fix it, they went 3-8 and eight the year before, 3-9 and nine the year before, you might want to bring a whole new coaching staff in. But if they had some success, you can go, hey, you know, the offensive coordinator, the people like him really well. He had a lot of success. He knows how to recruit. I'm going to keep him and try to even get him a raise and give him some free uh, reins. I don't have to bring my own offensive recorder in, coordinator in. But, uh, yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, Arizona, the success they had, maybe – the surprise team of, uh, of college football last year. The only exception might be Northwestern. Doug, did you have another one of those? I like how we're talking about Arizona, a surprise team in the Pac-12, and Northwestern I thought was the surprise team in the Big Ten. Did you have anybody else that really surprised you? You thought, man, did this team step it up? Those are the two I saw. I heard yeah, Kansas was... had another good year, really, for them. Yep. Previous conversation, yeah, no doubt about it. Some of the guys that were up for Coach of the Year honors. And then uh, Hastings basketball had their games over the weekend with Briarcliff postponed. They're going to make those up on the 28th. 
we talked about what uh, UNK and uh, some other folks did. How about Layla Blackwell? She has announced her commitment to Nebraska Volleyball, a middle blocker from San Diego, one season of eligibility remaining. She started at her career in Indiana. Two years ago, they were in the Final Four at San Diego with the Toros, and uh, she is the third transfer uh, on the team. Taylor Landfair coming in, a former Big Ten player of the year at Minnesota, and, of course, Merritt Beeson from Florida, who already has moved in. This is going to be a jam-packed roster once again for Nebraska Volleyball. Where will they all play? <laughs> yeah, they'll be fighting out for positions, and then also you usually you're in and you're out. You have a couple injuries, and somebody's going to go down. So you got some really good backups there already in Nebraska. Looks like they already are going to be in a Sweet 16 or better spot, like they always are. Couple of basketball games from uh, last week, going to try to be made up tonight. Uh, we will do our best to pass along to you what we've got. I know uh, our basketball games uh, tomorrow. Aurora and Hastings are going to be on uh, KHAS. Carney Catholic Holdridge here on ESPN. Minden and St. Paul will be on the Vibe 98.9. Pleasanton Amherst uh, just been told a little while ago they're going to make that up next Monday, the 22nd. Uh, that was supposed to be our Friday game on the Vibe, so we'll run that down as well. And uh, looking forward to a lot of other. Games games, weather permitting, as this uh, week moves along. And the Heartland Athletic Conference Wrestling Tournament being made up today in Norfolk. Disappointing for the Huskers uh, on a variety of levels against Iowa on Friday night. Uh, Again, Iowa is the favorite in this, but uh, you start at 125, supposed to be a toss-up. Nebraska kind of gets dominated, and then they probably pull the upset there at 133. Uh, Things don't go well at 41, where you're supposed to get uh, beat, but then we get a nice win by a number one Ridge Lovett at 149, and Nebraska had the lead at 57 with Peyton Robb, and that was probably the key match of the night because Peyton ends up getting beat, and instead of Nebraska being up 9-6, they're down 9-6, and you lose uh, the next two, which you were expected to lose. You get the Lenny Pinto win, makes it 15-10 to instead of it being Nebraska up 13-12 to right. going into those last two matches, and then uh, Nebraska um, gets beat at 97, which ends everything uh, and Silas Allred just got dominated on rankings Allred was supposed to win and then you get Huttmacher out there to put it away well and Huttmacher gets beat uh, in a match that didn't mean anything but there was quite a few of the football players that were there and Nebraska loses that duel they wrestle at Minnesota Friday night at 9 o'clock and that's another one that is going to be on the Big Ten Network well Husker Sit and Sleep is there for you maybe after scooping all that snow or just need a warm place to curl up under the blanket you want to have a comfortable recliner or sofa or some bedroom furniture bedroom set for you they've got it all for you at husker set and sleep low overhead means lower prices and their brand new furniture and mattresses all come with the manufacturer warranty they've got the best prices in town stop by and check it out for yourself you don't believe us we're not going to tell you fib we're going to tell you the truth no pressure sales go and see john and the gang same low prices every day at husker sit and sleep right on central avenue 1907 central avenue they're open every day of the week monday through saturday 10 to 6 sunday from one to four you can sell it they'll sell it to you right there see it buy it take it and of course they'll deliver for you as well husker sit and sleep gina douglas head women's basketball coach at hastings college next my reality is i need some help i'll be honest i don't get out and about like i used to so i rely on medicap pharmacy whether i go to the store myself or just hear the doorbell ring medicap pharmacy really delivers now that's a healthy dose of reality Medicap Pharmacy located at 27th and 2nd Avenue in Kearney. One play can change momentum in a game, and one deductible is a game changer when it comes to your insurance. That's why you should see me, McKenzie, or Rick Smith, your Farm Bureau agent. We can help bundle your car and home together in a single policy. So if life sends a blitz in the form of a storm or fire, you'll pay just one deductible for everything that's covered. Talk to us today at 308-234-2222 and see how we can help protect what matters most. Call me, Rick Smith, your Farm Bureau agent, or McKenzie at 308 308- Two three four twenty two twenty two. Did you know that in downtown Kearney, you can get a banner to show your support for your local sports team, a graduate, or really anything you want to tell everyone you're proud of? Copycat Printing has paper banners, vinyl banners, yard signs, even collage boards made out of paper or foam board. 
Come on in to Copycat today. They're your printing headquarters. Their professional, friendly design staff will help you with everything from start to the finish of any printing job. Think, shop, and buy local with Copycat Printing of Carney. Online at CarneyCopycat.com. South Central Diesel of Holdridge has over 100 years of diesel fuel injection experience and has been putting customer relationships first since 1971. They are factory authorized to repair all types of diesel fuel injection systems and have a full-service drive-in repair facility to repair your diesel Ford, Chevy, or Dodge pickup. SCD's factory trained technicians are committed to providing the best service to their customers. Stop by 115 South East Avenue in Holdridge for all your diesel pickup repairs, pumps and injectors, diesel performance parts, and turbochargers. Or call them at 1-800-228-8482 to put them to work for you. Five Points Bank has been your hometown bank for over 40 years. From personal banking to mortgage, business, and more, Five Points continuously finds ways to make your banking experience easy and enjoyable. Offering the best of both worlds with kind and welcoming employees in the bank while creating a strong online presence to accommodate your busy lifestyle. Five Points Bank Innovative Technology adds layers of security while being easily accessible to all age groups. Better choices, better service. Five Points Bank of Grand Island, Kearney, and Hastings. Escape Ordinary by heading to Cunningham's downtown or Cunningham's on the lake in Kearney. You'll enjoy the coldest draft beer in town, happy hour specials, and great food. An outstanding place to relax with friends after work, on the weekends, or any time to escape everything. Plus, you can dance and listen to their live bands every weekend at the downtown location. It's a great time every time when you escape ordinary at Cunningham's Journal, on the bricks, and Cunningham's on the lake, Kearney. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Doug and Daddy Show, Doug you to Jim Lyon with you on this so Martin Luther King Day, half the way home in the month of January, and uh, looking forward to bringing you a lot more uh, sports interviews as the week progresses on, keeping you up to date with UNK and Hastings College, the Tri-City Storm, what's going on on the high school landscape, and uh, a variety of other things that are going to be coming up in the near future. But the Hastings College basketball teams uh, got a day off on Saturday. It'll make it tough later this month when they have to play back-to-back road games uh, on the road, but uh, it does keep the women on a four-game winning streak before they take on Concordium, and the head coach, Gina Douglas, is with us here on the Doug and Daddy Show, Doug Duda and Jim Lang, and good morning, Gina. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. What is that day off, this weekend off, um, pluses and negatives for that for you? Well, I mean, we have been playing pretty well. So anytime I think you're playing well, you want to continue with it. Um, but it is what it is. Nothing we can control. All of GPAC was off on Saturday. Um, you know, so other teams are going to have to deal with it as well. Uh, you know, probably the plus is you have practice in the morning, and then you're off the rest of Saturday. Sunday you're off. And so hopefully you're a little bit more fresh coming in Monday into a big week here. Um, you know, so hopefully our legs are under us a little bit more, and, and we're ready to play again on Wednesday. Gina, you've had some players step up for you here to get this four-game winning streak. Talk about some of the players that have played well for you down the stretch here. Yeah, you know, I think Mariah Vila from Scott's Bluff, she's a sophomore for us. And um, even though she's only a sophomore, it's kind of one of our, our major leaders out there. And she has just shot the ball pretty well for us. And she's just activity on defense has been great. Um, you know, she's always been a good defender, but I think she's kind of stepped it up a level um, since we came back from Christmas break. Um, so it's, it's been good to see her play well. Kiernan Polk from Wood River um, is a junior, has started two years for us. If anyone knows Kiernan, you know, she's not going to um, overwhelm anyone with any conversation or, or talk too much out there, but she is steady. She does, you know, probably all the dirty work for us and just does it consistently and, and is a great defender rebound, but she has shot the ball really well coming back from Christmas break as well. So, um, you know, they've only, they're only juniors, a sophomore, you know, but they are, are I would say, our leaders, and, and they've stepped up and, and played well these last four games. Talking with Gina Douglas, head coach, Hastings College Women. You also have a new face on the program here in the second semester. Bailey Kissinger had come over to UNK. Obviously, they had a coaching change, and uh, you've plugged her right in for your ball club. Uh, talk about what she brings and how you're able to put her right into your system. Yeah, you know, she um, she came over once, once classes were done at, at UNK that she could come practice with us, so she was at least able to get, you know, a week or two of practice in before we just said, hey, good luck during the game. <laughs> um, but she, you know, coming from Hastings, St. Cecilia, having a really successful high school career, 
playing at UNK, obviously they've had a lot of success there as well. Just kind of the maturity, the winning attitude, knowing how to win, all those intangibles, you know, I thought coming in would be really big for us, and they have been, but and then obviously she can, you know, is a pretty good player as well. Um, and so I think it's, anytime you come mid-year, it's just a tough adjustment for everyone, you know, trying to fit in and figure out where you, your role is on the team, trying to fit in socially, but I thought that, think that she's fit in very well. Our team has welcomed her with open arms. You know, there's been no really adjustment from what I can see outside looking in. Um, and, and, you know, she just kind of brings those things, kind of just a quiet leadership that we've been needing. And so it's been good to see her, you know, her biggest thing is she just wanted to play. She had, you know, she redshirted last year at UNK, and she just wanted to get on the court again. And so I think it's, it's been good to see her fit in well with her team and then give her team a boost as well. Gina, I, I just looked at the 15 games. You haven't had a game within 10 points except for Doan, who had you down 15 at halftime. This is about the most amazing thing I've looked at. You just, there's no strategy. The game's been over with about eight minutes to go in the game. I mean, yes. I, yeah, yeah, we need this free throw, really. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it just, uh, and we talk, I've talked to my assistants about this. We've, we've had to continue to do, not that you don't, but We've done a lot of situations in practice because we have not been in the game yet where it's been, all right, last two minutes of the game, it's tied, and we got to figure out how to win. Or, you know, you're up, and what do you do for an inbound to get the ball inbounded? Uh, late game, side out of bounds. Like, we have continued to do all of those leading up to this just because we haven't had a close game, which is pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, the bad side of it is, we got blown out of some games. And so those, those games, obviously, you don't need to, to figure out how to try to win in, in a close game situation. Um, and then the good side is, you know, that, that we've won some games easily here, kind of give us some confidence, but it's coming. You know, a close game's coming, um, and, and hopefully that we've practiced it enough and we've been in, you know, leading up to this year, late game situations enough that our players feel confident in it then. Down with Gina Douglas, head women's basketball coach at Hastings College. You kind of brought it up. You got a lot of new faces next to you on the bench. Uh, we talked about Dexter coming up. You got some grad assistants. How's it all working out so far? Honestly, it's been great. You know, I've I've been really blessed with with great assistants leading up to this point. Um, but I think Coach Goodner and, and Coach Daly, our grad assistant, have fit in really well. Uh, Coach Goodner's come in here, and it's just it, it's just nice having some experience next few in terms of being a head coach um, and he's been in really well he's he's bonded really well with our team as well you know our players like him they respect him um, you know they think he's funny which that's always a good thing to have he, he thinks he's funny as well so um, but you know it, it's just been a really really good transition um, and like I said he's just had some experience and so when you get in a late game situation or you're in practice or you're trying to figure out how to beat a certain team you know, it's just nice to have that of, I've done this in the past, this is what's worked for us, and then go teach it to our players. So it's, it's been a really good transition. Coach, is there anything you're doing r really well that you didn't expect you'd be this good at, shooting free throws, uh, uh, get rebounded, whatever? Is there any one thing that you're going, man, we're better than I thought we'd be? Um, you know, since the breaks, over, over the Christmas break, you know, we went to Oklahoma um, right before Christmas and, and had an easy one there and kind of gave us some confidence and then over the break, as coaching staff, we watched a lot of film on that just that thing, things that we did well and things that we haven't done well leading up to that point. And there was just some some major things that stood out. And it's going to sound dumb, but rebounding was the biggest thing for us in terms of when we offense rebound, we win games. When we give up offense rebounds, we don't win games. And so just emphasizing that to our team day and day and day. Um, and then defensively, if you watch us, we were we were pretty good in defense. I'm not saying we were great, um, but but things that we needed to work on specifically with our man defense in, in, in order to get better. Um, and then one thing that stood out offensively when we went back and watched film, you know, game and game again over break was uh, not that we pushed the ball a ton. I wouldn't say that we're a real fast team in terms of, of trying to score quickly. Um, but when we did have numbers and we did have transition, we would take advantage of it. And so saying, okay, like, allow ourselves to push it a little bit more, allow ourselves to get out and run and take quick shots and take easier shots. Um, and so we've tried to emphasize that more um, the last two or three weeks as well. 
Well, the team's going to have to be ready to roll because uh, Hastings will be hosting the top two teams in the G-Pack. Concordia Wednesday night, women at 6, and then Saturday afternoon, Dort comes in. Uh, they go at 2, and uh, you're going to find out probably uh, a lot about where this team can end up, staying in the top eight, yeah. seeing what they can do. Uh, big week for your program, Gina. Yeah, it, it is going to be a big week, and you know, if we would have played Briar this past weekend, it would have been the top three, te- top three teams in the G-Pack all back-to-back. Um, and so I think it's going to be good for us. You know, we're kind of on a roll right now and, and kind of see where we match up with, with the top teams and, and see what we can do if we are in a late-game situation. And so we're excited about it. Um, you know, anytime they keep playing well, you want to continue to play. And, and so we might as well have the teams come in here and, and see what we're made of. Give me your scouting report. I, I know you've looked at both, but Concordia is up first. So what do we got on Wednesday night? You know, Concordia, in the past, it, it's been their pressure defense, and it's still that. They're, they're a little bit different than what they were a few years ago with how they press. Um, but if you just look at just stats, the biggest thing is turnover margin. You know, they do a good job rebounding, they use a good job shooting the screen, all that. But the biggest thing is they turn people over at a higher clip than anyone else in our league. Um, and so if we can take care of the basketball, we'll give ourselves a chance to win the game. If we can't take care of the basketball, um, you know, it's just a layup and three fest for them. And so what we can do offensively to put ourselves in a better situation, um, you know, to take care of the basketball. You can watch it on the high school level. You can watch it on any level. But if you have got a guard, and not necessarily the point guard, but 90% of the time it's going to be your point guard, if they can handle the press on their own, either they throw the press off or you're going to be in really good shape. How are you, yeah. I mean, does, do you throw Bailey into that? How are your guards handling the pressure so far this first half of the year? Yeah, and, and one of our strengths, I think, leading up to this, and we haven't been pressed a ton. Um, teams occasionally have tried to press us after free throws, and, and for the most part, we've done a good job with it. Now, we'll see a different type of pressure on, on Wednesday. It will be pretty consistent. Um, but, you know, for the most part, we have done a good job taking care of the basketball. But I think Bailey's going to have to be a part of that. Um, you know, we have probably true four-point or true – Four point guards out there. Um, they're probably not all true points, but Bailey is at a situation. Our starting point guard, Tadis, um, from, from Colorado. Lexi Kraft from Midland. She came over. She's a great point guard her entire life. She's been moved over to the two. And then Mariah can play point if needed. And so at some point you think, all right, we have four kind of point guards out there. Hopefully we can take care of it. Um, you know, and not just put it all on one person. Because if you you know, as a point guard, if you consistently face pressure and it's 40 minutes of getting trapped, you're going to turn the ball over a few times. So hopefully having four of them out there that can help and, and dribble and, and get it out of the trap, hopefully that will help us. Rachel's already had the opportunity to be a GPAC Player of the Week. We're talking about Rachel Gooden, the true freshman out of Adams Central. But as I look at the games you're winning, she's almost a double-double every night. Yep. And then if you're getting beat, She's not involved all that much, and we kind of saw that at high school, and I think I talked with you about her, how you bring her along uh, at the collegiate level because she's got so much raw talent. Uh, we're 15 games in. What have you seen from her? Um, you know, kind of like most freshmen, she's been a little bit up and down. Um, you know, games, like you said, games that we've played well, she's played well, and games that we've not. Then, then her stat line's not as good. Are, um, are they taking her away, Gina? I guess I I should have asked that question a little bit better. Do yeah. they double down on her, or do the other teams have some height that can negate that? Uh, both. A lot of times it's, it's if she goes against probably bigger physical post players. You know, she is 6'3", but it's not like she just loves contact down there. Um, you know, so if you all of a sudden you have a physical post player that one can kind of take her out of it on the offensive end, or gets her in foul trouble. You know, if, if she's in foul trouble, that's also when we, you know, really start to struggle. Um, and then we, we switched up a little bit what we do offensively. We put her more in, in ball screen action and let her dive to the rim. And depending on how teams guard that, can kind of negate her a little bit. Um, you know, and so game, our teams that, games that she, you know, doesn't get to double figures, it's a lot of times if they're coming hard on the dive on the ball screen on the help side and we can't get it to her. Um, but, you know, since Christmas, I would say, same thing, she's been playing really well. Um, if you look at stat lines, like you said, double-double kind of consistently in, in games that we've played well. And her biggest thing is we got to keep her on the court. You know, she is 6'3". She has the capability of blocking shots. 
but just making sure that she puts herself in a pretty good position where she's not going to get called for a foul and, and then come out to sit by us on the bench because, you know, she's a great kid, but we don't want her sitting by us the entire game. And so keeping her on the court is a big thing for us as well. And I would not want to be sitting there listening to Dexter crack jokes all that much either. So, <laughs> Exactly. No one wants to do that. <laughs> well, Gina, hey, let's get great crowds out there because these are going to be the two biggest home games of the year, and uh, we sure appreciate chatting with you, and uh, good luck this week. Awesome. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Take care. Gina Douglas joining us here on the Doug and Daddy Show, head coach of your Hastings College women. We'll also have the games on KHAS Radio. Yeah, there might be a big difference between the, the top of the league than there has been um, towards the bottom of the league. Hastings is right in the middle of the league. They did lose to Doan, and Doan lost to Concordia 100-61. to so, you know, you compare those two scores, um, the Hastings College is going to have to really play well at home just to keep it close. Um, the, the, uh, Concordia's been beating people about 80. They've been scoring about 80 points, Doug, after three quarters. And then they kind of sub in and, and kind of let things kind of go. But Concordia um, has only had those two losses and, and – uh, um, has played really well, so it's going to be a really tough game for Hastings College. The new rankings come out this afternoon. They don't do them every week. They haven't okay. done them for like a month. No one uh, played waiting for, for about Christmas two weeks, off. Yeah, so uh, you got that going on. And the Hastings men actually are still atop the GPAC standings, yeah, yeah. After, even after their first loss of the year. They're seven and one. Morningside seven and two. You got Northwestern six and two. But those women, a lot kind of clumped in there around five hundred. Yes. Uh, to see if you're just even going to make the GPAC. Yeah. In, in the bottom of the league, uh, there's three or four teams that only have one win or none. You know, so the bottom of the league's uh, really weak. So you've got this top end. And middle, and it's usually, and, and that's not been the case before in the GPAC. In the GPAC before, the teams that are seven through. The second through seventh all had a chance mm-hmm. to beat each other. So Hastings, could they could step it up right now, even play a competitive game, it would be a good for the program. Yeah, Concordia setting at six and three, and Dort setting at five and three. So in the upper half right. of the G Pack, be some tests for the men as well. But you get those two at home, that. That puts you in pretty good shape. Oh, yeah. Puts does. you in really good shape. Uh, at TNL Irrigation Company, they know farming, they know farmers, and they know irrigation. For over 70 years, family and farm home TNL Irrigation has provided reliable irrigation equipment designed by producers for producers. And those proven systems can be found throughout the United States and in 80 countries worldwide. You can go to TLIRR.com and see how they are like no other. Discover how TNL has applied decades and generations of farmer know how to irrigation. Because if it isn't rugged, reliable, and safe, then it isn't from TNL Irrigation. Contact Ty Yost at Sutton Irrigation in Sutton, Derek Wagner, Wagner Irrigation in Holdridge, or go to TLIRR.com. The dream of every American farmer is to watch the family farm being passed on from generation to generation. CHS wants to be the company that helps make that dream come true. Taking pride in being here in the communities, the schools, and on the farm. CHS is a locally owned cooperative with global connections, so it's like having a neighbor all around the world. CHS offers a full-service cooperative including grain, agronomy, energy, and precision ag, people and resources you can count on always, and always here at chsagra.com. At Johnson Landscape, we don't just see landscapes. We see dreamscapes. Sprinklers with precision. Plants with purpose. Outdoor living for new beginnings. For over 25 years, this has been our passion. With unmatched quality, precision, and expertise. At Johnson Landscape, every project is like our own. And every customer like family. Build your dreamscape today with Johnson Landscape. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, getting you back into the game of life. With several locations in Kearney and surrounding areas. Ask your doctor how Family Physical Therapy can improve your quality of life. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, excellence in rehabilitation, is a very proud supporter of all of our area athletes, in and out of the game. Locations serving Kearney, Lexington, Minden, Ravana, and Wood River. Imagine a job where your inner child could be released. Franklin County Roads is here to make your inner child's dreams come true. Make a good living maintaining the roads of Franklin County. Come on, what little kid didn't want to drive a real Tonka machine and play in the dirt all day? 
To find out how you can help get started living your inner childhood dreams, stop by the Rhodes Department at 1215 G Road, Franklin, Nebraska, or call 308-425-3710 from 9 to 4, Monday through Thursday. Don't have a CDL? That's okay. Franklin County will pay for your schooling. Franklin County Roads Department is an equal opportunity employer. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place, I had to nothing go, to do with today's music selection. Oh, they're sending us pictures of bad snowstorm Buffalo games. Bills. There's a Buffalo Bills Stadium today. That's where Buffalo is at. All right. Hey, uh, here's one for you Athlon Sports. Yes. You know, of course, so Coach Fish goes to Washington, Coach DeBoer goes to Alabama, sure. blah, blah, blah. Well, it's the trickle down effect, Jimmy. Okay. I'm just going to read this. This comes from Athlon Sports, obviously very well-respected name, and there's a variety of others out there. Andy Staples of On3 Sports, uh, which is uh, the Husker Online and everything that goes on with Sean Callahan and those gangs, and Andy's kind of the uh, big number one there. Here's what it says. Arizona head coach Jed Fish accepted the Washington head coaching job on Sunday. The Wildcats now have to replace Fish late in the coaching cycle, but multiple candidates have already emerged for the opening. Do you know where I'm going yet? Andy Staples of On3 Sports listed some potential candidates for the Arizona job, including... Scott Frost. Former Nebraska head coach Scott Frost. There we go. He's living there. Yeah. 35-38 over seven seasons as a head coach, including an undefeated season at UCF. So that's not good when you take that undefeated season out, but... It would be great to see Frost get a job and be successful. That would be great. Definitely, definitely, definitely great. Yep, it would be. It'd be fine. Other names on that list include Washington State's Jake Dickert, UNLV's Barry Odom, Clemson Offensive Coordinator Garrett Riley. But could Scott Frost take over at Arizona? Is it too soon, Jimmy? What do you think? No, it's not too soon. But, uh, you know, the thing of it is, you know, you'd think – Normally, when you lose your job as a head coach, you grab something really fast and, and, and try to prove that you're ready to coach and you don't stay out of the cycle. They don't like to hire people that have been out that long. He's been out of coaching for a while to come right back in and start being the head coach because it means he hasn't been recruiting. Mm-hmm. He hasn't got you know those ties. Because a lot of times when you're if you're a coach someplace else, you do have been recruiting and you're going to bring, hey, I got eight guys that really like me, and they're going to come with me. So, yeah, that's a problem. Scott needs to get back in and be an assistant, I would think, somewhere first before he tries to be a head coach again. We are here in the Midway Auto Dealership broadcast booth, Midway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Midway Chevrolet Buick GMC. How about the 2023 Dodge Durango RT right now? $11,000 off the manufacturer's suggested retail price. A happy New Year gift for you from the folks at Midway and at Dodge because what they're doing Always giving you the best price available, whether it's new, pre-owned, midway certified, or exactly what you're looking for. How about the Laramie Crew Cabs, 9000 off the MSRP? Schedule your oil change today at Midway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. You can give them a call, or you can just go online and book your appointment. Thinkmidway.com. Midway, it's a better way. We've been going through this rough weather. Uh, maybe you just need an alignment. Maybe you realize these tires do need to be uh, changed. They've always got a great uh, selection that you can pick up there at Midway and Think midway.com what else jimmy anything before we get ready for nfl doubleheader no, today got an nfl doubleheader um uh, kind of interesting with the tvs the games that are on and where you have to watch them and and etc so uh yeah there's places to go when you were talking about the chicken coop and things like that about uh, earlier in the advertisement they they've got tvs they'll have your game on tv too so if you if you're having trouble watching something and you want to get out uh, go anywhere yeah just get out and enjoy watching football here will be the lineup for Tonight. this weekend okay go ahead uh the afc divisional playoffs uh the saturday early game will be houston at either Baltimore or Kansas City, depending on how today's games. And then the 49ers will host the Packers next Saturday night at a 7 o'clock pregame here on ESPN. Then the Sunday games, the early game, will be Detroit at 1.30, hosting the uh, Philadelphia, which might be 2 o'clock. This is all a pregame for us. Detroit hosting either Philadelphia or Tampa Bay. And then it will be either Pittsburgh at Baltimore or Kansas City at Buffalo in the uh, Sunday night game, uh, assuming that uh, Buffalo wins. And you would have to think that it would be uh, Houston at Baltimore, the early game on Saturday. Yeah, and you know we talked a little bit about no one has taken over the the 
the NFC or the AFC. There's not that one team out there. Maybe the Ravens, but that would be the only one. So I would not be surprised if we had six and seven seeds playing and or a four seed in in. I will disagree with you. You do yes, because San Francisco is. You think they're that good? Yes. And and right now, as we sit today, San Francisco is way better than every other team in the NFC. I'm and in my heart. I want Detroit to keep doing well. Obviously, want Dallas, but that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. You can. This Green Bay thing will go away next week when San Francisco beats them. Uh, but hey, if Green Bay wins, so be it. But I think I thought at the beginning of the year. I continue to think it right now. I didn't quite think. I guess I had Dallas over San Francisco in a hopeful preseason. But I had Dallas and Baltimore, and I had San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. So. I was I threw I threw the dart. I think we could go all the way back to that show and say, you know what? I think San Francisco is better, but I'm going to take Dallas yeah. just to do it for once. I think I had but San I, Francisco and Buffalo in there. But, so uh, I think I think the Niners, yes. Yeah, but, I just uh, I guess I haven't been that impressed with them uh, the last the last six weeks. I like them really well. Early. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, we'll look at it again. Let's really? Well, then we have a difference of opinion. Oh, God, we definitely do. Because coming off that three-game losing streak when things weren't going well, and then they sat their guys the last week because the game didn't mean anything, and they still almost won. I, We'll, we'll see how it plays out, but, yeah, we, we will have yeah, to disagree. Yeah, they, well, they lost to the Ravens 33-19, and they were at home on Christmas Day. Yep. Um, you know, I thought that was kind of an important thing. But, uh, yeah, they haven't played, they played pretty well other than that. Lost to the Bengals at home 31-17 so you know they you know they've lost at home a couple times which kind of surprised me I, I will sit here on this There's show the number one seed though yeah, I will sit be a on this one show seed. just like I said last week and I still believe San Francisco is the best team in the NFL so we'll see how yeah, it we'll plays out. Yeah, we'll find and out. I don't want it to be the six and sevens, Jimmy. No. I don't want it. No. I, that's not what I want. I do not want to see that. We will see you tomorrow on the Doug and Daddy Show. Thanks, Gina Douglas, Hastings College women's basketball coach. If you still want to fire off what's the sco- coldest sporting event you've ever been to or participated in, shoot us an email. Put it up on Facebook or Twitter. We'd love to read them on tomorrow's Doug and Daddy Show. You've been listening to a Doug and Daddy podcast brought to you by Cunningham's Journal. Cunningham's Journal, the only bar you need to know in Carnage. Oh, darling, I feel like amazing. Don't make me do that again. Game over!